0: Back to NRI Women, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living across the world. We hope these stories resonate with you, remind you that you are not alone in the struggles you face and inspire you to pursue all that enriches your life. I'm Bettina and I'm Lenora. In India, Ayurveda is considered a form of medical
1: care equivalent to conventional Western medicine. However, that's not the case with alternative medicine with the rest of the world. Despite this, the use of alternative and complementary medicines is growing across the world. A combination of dissatisfaction with traditional medicines and larger collective leaning towards a more natural way of living has increased the acceptance of complementary and alternative medicines. Today, we're chatting with Yashashvi Changiyani who shares her story of using her qualification and experience as a homeopath to make a
0: difference in this world. Yashasvi, or Yashi as she's popularly known, is a homeopathic consultant and educator based in Connecticut, USA. She has been practicing homeopathy for over 25 years. Homeopathy is her passion, but she's also an EMT and teaches CPR. Yashi's way of practicing homeopathy is a bit different. She strives to empower, educate and guide families that are looking for a safer, effective alternate way to good health. She does this by teaching them the basics of homeopathy so they can manage everyday ailments themselves. And the first step towards that is understanding homeopathy.
2: Homeopathy is a holistic system of medicine that safely and effectively treats everyday ailments as well as acute and chronic symptoms of the mind and the body by stimulating the body's own self-healing abilities. This system of medicine is 200 years old over 200 years old and was founded by a German physician. His name was Dr. Samuel Hanneman. So homeopathy is based on the law of similars, which means that a remedy that produces symptoms in a healthy person will cure those same symptoms when manifested by a person in a diseased state. So we basically give remedies to healthy people. And we note down the symptoms that that remedy can produce in them. And then when we see those symptoms in a diseased person, we match the symptoms of the person to the remedy and we give that remedy and that stimulates the body to take care of those symptoms themselves. Man has used plants, barks, herbs to fight illnesses through the ages. What modern medicine does is it's based on the principle of administering chemical substances which produce the opposite effect of symptoms of the disease so what the allopathic medicines do is they work against the body so you'll notice that all the things are anti so you have anti-acids you have anti-inflammatory antihistamines and if all else fails then you go for the steroids which are immunosuppressive and i'm not saying that there's not a place for these there is a place for this if it's a if it's really an emergency situation but you don't need to reach for them as the first resort. Allopathic medicine is indispensable in emergency situations, but we don't want to misuse or overuse it for everyday ailments or small things that can be corrected by changes in diet or lifestyle. What the homeopathic medicines do is they assist the body's own healing mechanism. So they act as stimuli when administered in tiny doses to stimulate the body's own healing capacity to correct the imbalance and the weakness that make the person fall prey to diseases to begin with. So what homeopathy sees the symptoms as, as the body telling us that something is wrong. They don't see the symptoms as the manifestation of the disease. They see it as the body's language, like body's telling us something is wrong. Pay attention, fix it. So that's why the homeopathy is very different from the regular modern medicine.
1: Yashi has trained under renowned homeopathic physicians, Dr. Anil Habu and Dr. Ajit Kulkarni, who have been practicing homeopathy in Mumbai for over 70 years, and they see close to 300 patients on a daily basis. She is inspired by their dedication and commitment towards bringing homeopathy to the masses. Yashi strives to do the same by educating people about the facts and debunking the myths surrounding homeopathy. The biggest
2: misconception that I have seen that people have about homeopathy is that it's slow to act, that it's going to take forever, that if you were to take homeopathic remedies, it's going to take a long time for you to feel better. And from in my experience, that's not true. I have seen that if the symptoms, it depends on how long you've had the symptoms. So if something has started just a few minutes or a few hours or a few days, it's gonna get better very quickly. But if you've had an issue for months and years, then it's gonna take a little bit more time to get better. So say if you've had a condition for five years, I would say give it at least two, two and a half years with the homeopathy for you to heal completely. And if something is just acute, it started like a few hours back, you will feel better immediately with a well-chosen remedy. Again, this is another misconception that people have because they think homeopathic medicines are slow to act, that there are going to be no side effects and they can just go and start taking it themselves. I would advise you against that. If you are going to be taking the 30C remedies, Uh, They are over-the-counter. So literally anybody can walk into the store and pick it up the way you would pick up Tylenol or an antihistamine or a cough syrup. So anybody can pick it up and start using it. But my advice to them would be that Boyron, the company whose remedies are most easily available, they actually have an app which you can download and use. They also have a free booklet right next to where you can pick up the remedies. So my suggestion would be to educate yourself and then start using it and initially when you are new to this to work with a homeopath for a couple of months join a study group learn about it and then you can use it the only side effect that could happen is that you could develop a symptom that you didn't have it's not going to last very long remember i said in the beginning that the remedies are given to healthy individuals and then when they exhibit the symptoms those are noted down and when those symptoms are seen in a person that's not feeling well you match those symptoms and give it to that person and it seems to help the body heal from those symptoms so the danger is that you could actually exhibit a new symptom that you didn't have before so so you have to pay attention to wh- how you're feeling after you take the remedy so you will may feel better which happens 80 to 90 percent of the times but 5 to 10% of the times, you may develop a new symptom. So be mindful of any new symptoms or new sensations that you might have when you take a remedy.
0: I remember my first interaction with a homeopath. I was asked questions I didn't expect. Do I prefer hot or cold weather? Do I prefer savory or sweet foods? And so many more questions I hadn't really asked myself. The beauty of homeopathy as a modality is that it seeks to explore parts of yourself that don't often get a mention in conventional treatments. And the homeopath sees a person in a much more multidimensional way. So how then does one choose the right practitioner?
2: I think the most important quality that I feel your practitioner should have is that that person listens to you. You have to find a practitioner that listens to you and also works with your other practitioners. So most of the families that come to me don't just have me as their homeopath, they have a regular MD, they have a chiropractor, they have a naturopath, they have this whole team that we all work together to get our patients to their optimal health. I think even before you have that first visit, we are on social media, so you should first do your research about the practitioner even before you actually go to the first visit to see what are the people that are, that this person is seeing. Is this practitioner open to alternative and complementary medicine? Are they just going to be pushing prescription medication on you or are they also going to be giving you advice on lifestyle, diet and all of that? So these are questions to ask. First of all, when you go there, you can get like from the way the person is talking to you, you'd get a sense of whether you're energetically aligned with that person. And then other than the regular questions like, are you going to be available to me in an emergency? What are your wait times? Most important is, will you be willing to work with my other practitioners and be open to complementary medicine?
1: One's journey into homeopathy doesn't end with finding the right practitioner. To help one navigate their way through the obstacles and pitfalls of decision-making about health problems, it's important to be an informed patient too. And there are various resources available to help with that. For someone who wants to get into homeopathy, join a local
2: homeopathic study group, attend a workshop ask questions, be an informed patient, take control of your and your family's health there are so many free resources, some of the free websites have so much information I can suggest a free homeopathic study group online it's Mary's homeopathic study group it has over 30,000 members they can also join my online group by making that donation of $50 to support girls education the information is out there they can contact me, I can send them Links to free books to download, and also links to all these websites that I mentioned. So the information is out there. Get started, it's easy. Homeopathic remedies are easily available, not just in India, but in the U.S. also. There are many homeopathic companies that make the remedies here in the 30C potency. That is the over-the-counter potency that is available easily. Boyron, Highlands, Washington Homeopaths, they all make the remedies and make them available pretty easily. So they're becoming more and more mainstream and they're very easily available.
0: While the access to homeopathic medicines may be available over-the-counter... Yashi is committed to passing on her knowledge, experience, and skills. And these cannot be found over-the-counter. Yashi believes the shared interaction with people enriches the lives of all involved.
2: By heart, I'm an educator. I love to teach. And, you know, it's a good thing because I remember Mahesh would say, you know, lecture <laughs> he's happy that I have found somewhere else to go and uh, go and talk. and you know people who come to my workshops they'll be like lecture and I'm like no this is an interactive workshop it's a give and take I'm giving you information but I'm learning so much from you everybody who comes to me teaches me something listening to my families has taught me so much I remember when I started practicing what I learned in school is so different from what I'm practicing now the issues that people come to me with are so different from what we learn in school there are so many people that have attention deficit issues there are kids with allergies asthmas um, you know eczemas all of those things weren't there before you know so there is so much out there um, that is contributing to these issues so it's a every day I learn something new. I learn from my holistic circle. I learn that homeopathy doesn't have all the answers. So I will send people to, my, to others, uh, to a chiropractor, to a naturopath. And then the same thing, those people send people to me for homeopathy. So you have to have a team that's looking out for you and working for you.
1: For many, Yashi is that person who introduced homeopathy into their lives. And for Yashi, the person who encouraged her on the path to homeopathy is someone very close to her heart.
2: The story of how I got into homeopathy is is a little funny. I always wanted to study medicine and my dad, Bhagwan Shivdasani, always encouraged me. He really wanted me to become a doctor. I was the older child. So it was, you know, in India, if you're the older child, you either go, if you're a girl, you go into medicine. And if you're a boy, you go into engineering. So it was, you know, it was given that I was going to study medicine. And my plan was to become a regular doctor to go into MBBS. But it was my dad. He always wanted me to do complementary medicine and he was a big proponent of homeopathy and in India it depends on what your percentage marks are in 12th grade as you know that decides what you get into. So when I didn't get into MBBS, my father celebrated this by jumping with joy. So today I'm of course more than grateful to him for encouraging me to pursue homeopathy but at that time I didn't want to practice homeopathy so I went to the uh, homeopathic school with no intention of practicing homeopathy and when I graduated I took care of my family doctor's clinic for a month when I was in my Internship and it just drove me crazy. I was ready to like kill myself. All I was doing was, you know, cold, cough, fever, and just giving symptomatic treatment. So I was like, I can't do this. I have to give uh, homeopathy a shot, you know. And my dad kept encouraging me, he's like, You should be doing homeopathy. That's what you've studied. So that's when I started practicing homeopathy, and I haven't looked back since then. And I'm so glad that I made that decision and you know it was the best decision of my life and I'm so grateful to my dad for not giving up on me and pushing me to continue to practice homeopathy and my mom of course my dad was the one that supported my education and he loved homeopathy but then if I'm sharing about my dad, I should share about my mom too, right? So she was not that much into homeopathy then, but she's so into it now. So I have a kit that I have left for her at home, and she is giving remedies out left, right, and center to the (laughs) to the (laughs) paperwala, to the chowkidar that comes. As a matter of fact, she does not let me take money from senior citizens. She takes care of all the remedies that I have to give out to any senior citizens, anybody that's going through difficult patients that are going through cancer treatment, we don't take any money from them at all. So my mom pays for all of those remedies. So she's continuing to support it now that my dad is not here.
1: As the saying goes, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Yes, she impacts not only the lives of her patients, but her unique method has raised thousands of dollars towards various nonprofits, impacting the lives of so many more. She doesn't charge her patients for consultations. Instead... She pays it forward by asking her patients to donate what they can towards the causes very close to her heart.
2: So to me, pay it forward is, it's an educational practice, meaning I want people who come to me, families that come to me to not be with me forever. I mean, they can stay with me if they want to, but my goal usually is to teach them, to empower them. And what we do is I ask families to donate to nonprofits profits that I support. And the causes that are close to our heart are children's education, especially girls' education. So we support many organizations like Rescue Foundation, Nayad Jeevan. We support ACL, which sponsors a school for $365 for the whole year we sponsor one life at a time. There's so many other organizations so people can pay it forward by donating to these for my time. For example, just today evening I'm meeting with a few ladies who are coming for a homeopathy 101 workshop. They're all donating 12 to $15 each and we're going to be able to sponsor a whole school for a year. So one hour of my time to teach these amazing ladies homeopathy. So I'm teaching them and in turn we're going to be able to sponsor this school for the whole year so this is happening just this evening so that's what I've done a part of my practice is non-profit and I teach and in return for my time where I'm teaching you homeopathy you help me by paying it forward and bringing education to rural India or bringing education to girls to me girls education is is really really close to my heart And I would like to end with Dada J.P. Vaswani's quote. He's our spiritual leader, and he always says this, and I would end with this. Do as much good as you can to as many as you can in as many ways as you can for as long as you can. Just continue to empower families that come to me, continue to teach people, continue to make people independent, continue to make people responsible for their own health,
0: We live in a world where access to qualified practitioners of alternative treatments, knowledge about these treatments, access to medicines is literally available at the tip of our fingers. And one can make an informed choice for themselves. So if this is your first time exploring alternative treatments, do your research, but begin your journey with a qualified practitioner and not based on the knowledge one has gleaned over the internet. As Hippocrates said, A wise man ought to realize that health is his most valuable possession. So take care of it. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. Thank you for listening to us. And
1: we hope you'll join us again for our next episode next week. We can be found at nriwoman.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for NRI Woman. We'd love to hear from you. Share with us your thoughts on this episode. Email us. Hello? at nriwoman.com. Please help us spread these stories of these amazing women by sharing it with your family and friends. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Our featured fellow podcaster is Mouse and Wheels, a fun conversational podcast by two cute sisters, Juliana Eggold and Joelle Cohn. Hollywood versus Housewife. Both fascinated by how people think. They talk family, love, life, and celebrities in Hollywood. Check out their podcast on most podcast listening platforms or wherever you listen to our podcast.
2: Hi, this is Mouse. I'm (laughs) Weens. We have the Mouse and Weens podcast. Mouse and Weens. I'm a big sister in San Diego with kids, and
0: I'm married. And I have uh, no friends. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) kidding. No, I do. I have friends. I just don't have any boyfriends or love.
2: (laughs) Anyway,
0: Mouse and Weeds podcast, you just listen to it. Yeah, it's, it's not really depressing. Fun.
2: We talk about family stories, life and love and kids and all the things you're interested in. We promise. Yay! Celebrities in Hollywood, too. Poke your little turtle head out and come listen to us, <laughs> Mouse and Weeds. Bye.
1: This episode was edited by Eric Hydebreder. NRI Woman episodes come out every Monday, so make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning keep inspiring, and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. Our goal for the series is to be picked up for a second season on a streaming platform. And... Anything that comes of this opportunity, if we get picked up or whatever happens, we want to keep this as you know one of our main pillars that we really believe in. We want to work with mostly female filmmakers. It's not because we don't think men can do the job. It's because historically there just haven't been enough opportunities for women in film. And we just want to be part of the change. We want to help create those jobs and opportunities.